Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Mm. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. We're super excited today to have uh, Chad Parker, the GM, COO, and Director of Golf. Aha, cheers. There he is. From, uh, from Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia. Chad, thanks so much for taking some time. I hear, uh, hear you got a little event coming up in a few weeks at your course. <laughs> we do, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, we're a week away from uh, players showing up for the Tour Championship. Uh, you know, we officially open for business uh, Next Monday at 12 noon, I doubt we'll have anybody come in that day. Um, just simply because we're not starting till Friday, we're going to end the Memorial or uh, Labor Day. So uh, yeah. we think, uh, and the guys have been playing two weeks in a row. They're probably going to go home for a day, um, mm-hmm. you know, do some laundry and just not be around a golf course. So yeah, we're, we're excited. We're ready to go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, before we get into uh, the course and, and, uh, and the championship, uh, so uh, go Bulldogs, MSU grad. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished their, um, uh, their, their professional golf, uh, uh, degree there, uh, came to East Lake in 96. I think you, uh, were at a few courses in, uh, Mississippi or I'm sorry, in Alabama, right? Yeah. Uh, at a college. River, yep. Yeah. Uh, haven't had a chance to play that, but, uh, would, would love to, uh, you got uh, quite a pedigree, man. So, uh, you've hosted 14 PGA tour events, three major amateurs. Uh, you recognize 13 times by, um, uh, Association of Golf Merchandisers Top 100 Golf Shops. Uh, I didn't get a chance to vote in that, but I absolutely would. I've been been there several times to your course, and uh, you know, great job, great merchandise, awesome logo there. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, we, you can always vote with your uh, your credit card. That's you know, right. Ah. Really, the best way to vote. <laughs> yeah, Good point. Exactly. Oh, I've I've definitely made some donations in there. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. We yeah. That. Yes, sir. Yeah, recognized uh, top forty, under forty by the Atlanta Business Chronicles. Uh, you got a uh, got a golf charity started up, and I, I'm not sure is that the one you're running with uh, with Cooch um, in in uh, in Alabama. Uh, Stuart Sink, um, Stuart Sink and I ran that. We, we actually ended it a couple of years ago. We ran it for 15 years called the Healing Place Charity Championship. And uh, we raised a lot of money for a great organization in the, in the town that Stuart and I grew up in. That's awesome. Oh, perfect. Uh, well, there is one thing that I want to get into, but we'll save that for a little bit later. It's uh, it's a little deeper in your bio. Looks like one of your passions, uh, but we'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to that acronym a little later. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we can't miss on that one. I, I got some I got some hard questions for you too on that one. I, I, I want to know, know if you're an Alabama guy or a Georgia guy. So here now, but um, so so we're we're definitely different times, right? And we don't want to spend this talking about COVID, but. You know, you've had um, you've had the tour championship there for 14 years, and obviously, it's going to look a little bit different with uh, with no fans. I'm sure it's been easier setting up, right? So you don't have the grandstands, et cetera, that are going to be uh, you know all over the course. So, what's it, what's the experience been like for you, if, if you don't mind sharing? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that we've actually had um, that. This will be the 20th time we've hosted the tour championship. I think it's 14, maybe in a row. So it's because when I first started, we used to alternate uh, with uh, Champions Golf Club in Houston. They would go out there and then, you know, we would come back. And then uh, starting in 2004, uh, we've had it every year. But this year is, is certainly unique. I mean, you know, from the very beginning, um, all of the discussions that we've had with the tour, you know, has just been the best best guess, you know. And we, we spent a lot of time talking to some of the early events, you know, what they were doing. But even those the protocols changed week to week and it really varied in depending on what city and or state they were in. Uh, you know, for example, um, we know the folks that run the Memorial pretty well and, you know, they had two events back to back and they had protocols change from week one to week two. Hmm. Um, you know, in Ohio, it, it was just, just, there's so many unknowns. And so we, we've got a good plan in place where the last event of the season, um, everyone knows what's working. The players from what I understand are comfortable um, I mentioned, you know, my friend Stuart Sink is he didn't make the playoffs, but he's been playing a lot. So I talked to him about what it felt like, mm-hmm. you know, to be inside the clubhouse and, and everything is a basically a TV dinner um, in terms of our the way we do meals. But sure. we, we're just like everyone else. We're having to roll with the punches and we just want to do it as safely as possible. And um, and hopefully 
pull the event off and then uh, hope things return to normal um, back in 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, don't don't we all? That's uh, you know, let's uh, let let's hope for that uh, for for sure. So uh, talk a little about the course if you don't mind. So so mm-hmm. I'm just down the street from you, a mile and a half or so from the course, um, and and we we've, we've been having a lot of rain. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it hadn't been it hadn't been sprinkles, right? I mean, I guess we're mm-hmm. getting some of the some of the uh, the the output of the storms that are kind of hitting the Gulf, et cetera. Uh, so what what's preparation look like for you guys? And you know, I would say I've, I've had a chance to play East Lake several times. Uh, I played it in the uh, I, well, I guess the original format is the format that it's in now. Uh, but I but for many years, what is now the front nine was the back nine, right? You mm-hmm. ended on the par three. So yep. like what's, and, and, you know, again, uh, beautiful course, beautiful layout, great walking course. Um, but you know, with the, the greens, right. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I mean, that's what I struggled with the most there and, and probably mm-hmm. most people, right. I mean, that's, that's the, that, that's kind of the defense of the, the main defense of the course I would say yep. are the greens. So, so what does that look like as far as, you know, getting those things ready, getting them fast, just with all the rain and everything that's going on? Well, I mean, you know, a certain amount of rain is essential. Um, we all know that. But, you know, over the last, let's say, 30 days, I think we've had rain 14 of the 30 days mm-hmm. in, in some measurable amount. And many, many of those have been, you know, downpours that wash bunkers and mulch and mulch and pine straw and all that. And it's just extra man hours to keep up with all that. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing to remember for us with the rough, the way it is for the tour championship, we really can only mow that when it's dry. Um, you can mow it when it's wet. It's just like your yard. You know, imagine the highest you've ever seen your yard and then going out and mowing it right after a huge rainstorm. It's not a lot of fun. Sure. And you multiply that by, you know, 80 some odd acres of rough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we it just you know, you have to, to take the the uh, the dry times when you get them. I mean, today was a great example of raining this morning. Um, sun came out this afternoon. And when I left the club uh, about an hour or so ago, we had mowers everywhere because we had to basically take advantage of that and uh, and and you know, and cut it when it's dry. So um, a lot of preparation, you know, one of the most intriguing things about hosting a PGA tour event is the, is the, the level of detail that we get from the PGA tour agronomists in terms of the conditions that they want to see. You know, back in uh, July, um, I got a, I think it was an 18 or 19 page detailed report on all the targets that we're going to be expected to hit from however much moisture is in the green to the green speed, fairway height, T height, you know, when we're putting out applications of certain fertilizers, I mean, down to the nth level of detail. Um, And what a lot of people may not know is that information actually goes up to to the player advisory council. So I'm copied on the emails of of players that are on the council and they're interested in that kind of stuff. Sure. And so it's, it's not just thrown together. It's a lot of science behind it. And then when you take Mother Nature doing what she's done the last, uh, let's say, 30 days or so, it's it's difficult to execute on that. But we have to, you know, do the best that we can and, and hope for kind of a normal weather pattern. Hmm. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it looks like normal weather weather pattern is going to be uh, rain in our future for the next uh, right. next up, upcoming week. So, yeah, uh, which I mean, you know, it's not abnormal for this time of year. And I mean, the uh, you know, I didn't look, but I I mean, I think this tournament, you, the your tournament's being played about the same time that it would be played, right? We're a week we're we're, we're a week behind. We normally would be yeah. right now. Uh, yeah, would be starting today. So. Um, you know, a few years ago when the schedule was revamped, uh, the tour wanted to get out of college football and, and Labor Day really is the kickoff of college football now. Mm. Well, it used to be. It not was. This year. <laughs> right. Um, and so we wanted to get done before that. Um, there's so much going on in Atlanta Labor Day weekend. In addition to, you know, the Chick-fil-A playoff or the kickoff games, the, sure. some years there's two of those. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of reasons not to try to compete with that. Yeah. Yeah. So n- no fans, I'm sure. Uh, well, no fan. Yeah, no fans. Yeah, no, no, no fans. Um, and, and this is going to be a little unique. I mean, a lot of the courses that we've seen played over the past several weeks, uh, they've been, you know, they're, the courses are cut into neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. even though no fans, you know, obviously if you live on the course, you know, people are kind of inviting people over, bringing them around. Uh, you expecting a lot of uh, kind of hanger-ons or around the gate. I mean, you really can't see a lot, you know, the way you've kind of got things, you know, with the fence and, and all the trees, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then especially on the the front nine, you know, if you think along the back road back there, it's not Second Avenue, but the one Allen street up. Yeah. Allen, yeah. So I, I guess, uh, you know, no concerns there. there. There may be some of that, you know, and, and all that we ask is if you do decide to do that, to, to just follow the protocols of, of you know, socially distance, wearing a mask and, and trying to be safe as you can. So, 
Sure. Um, you know, we, we don't expect a big problem with it, but uh, we're we have plans in place. Uh, should we encounter anything like that? Right. Right. You know, that's how that becomes out of hand. We don't really don't really expect any issues with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm sure you've been watching some golf because uh, there's, mm-hmm. you know, I guess basketball kind of is on. Uh, baseball's kind of on. Uh, so who, uh, if, it, if you can answer and if it's a fair question, uh, so we're heading to uh, Olympia Fields this weekend. Uh, what a hell of a performance by DJ over the weekend, man. I mean, that guy, we, I mean, Dan and I were talking, we recorded uh, last night, you know, and it's just like, you know, sometimes you get, sometimes DJ's there, but he's really not there. And, you know, this week, man, boy, was he there. I mean, in, in all sense of the measure. So, uh, you, you, if you can say who, who you think is going to make it. Well, you know, I was looking at the field right before, you know, I dialed into this. I mean, we've got, you know, three former uh, champions uh, in the top 30 right now. Um, we've got a lot of guys playing some great golf. If you look at the scores at TPC Boston, there was a lot of low round shot and uh, DJ just happened to shoot four in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's a lot of guys that are playing really well. And, um, you know, you, DJ or, or no one really, ever hits every green regulation um, like he did yesterday. And if you're putting decent and you do that, you're going to shoot low. Yeah. And, uh, and he did. And so, um, you know, we'll see. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a grind. And, you know, every, if you're a golfer, you know that some weeks you have it, some weeks you don't. And, and one of the hardest things to do is to, is to continue to do that week after week, um, especially if you're, you know, you start struggling a little bit with your swing, which could happen, you know, at, at any, at any moment. But, um, we're excited about the field. You know, one of the things is interesting storylines for us is we've got two uh, East Lake Cup, East Lake East Lake Cup alumni um, okay. that are in the field right now, in, in including Scotty and Victor Hoblin. Um, oh, you know, nice. Scotty, Scotty shot fifty nine, and he was the medalist when he played for Texas in the East Lake Cup. And so we knew it was only going to be a matter of time before we'd have alumni from the college, you know, the best the the country's best college uh, programs make it back and we've got two in the field um right now in the top 30 i think scotty's like number 14 and victor is like 24th so um both of them have a great chance of making it to east lake which would be a very interesting um you know development so you know they got experience there they know the golf course and they're not going to back down from from anybody yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it'd be great to see those guys. Uh, it's great to see them show up, kind of a homecoming for them, right? Coming uh, in, in, in two aspects as a mm-hmm. as a collegiate player and then, and then as a pro. So I just yeah. know, as, you course. know, we talk about the players every week and different types of things that we do on here. And Victor and Scotty have definitely been in the conversation a lot, you know, recently. Mm-hmm. You know, since that return from the COVID break, you, know, you saw Victor kind of break out early. And then, you know, Scotty within the last three weeks has always been in, you know, the, what was he? Where did he finish at the PGA top ten or so, right? And, yeah, and, and fourth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then last week you saw what he did last week as well. So it's like, wow, this guy is like breaking out. And it's it's great to see. It's, it's yeah, really he's speaking at the right time and, and a really nice guy. And I mean, we've that's been one of the neatest things about you know hosting the East Lake Cup for us is getting to see both the, the best male and female mm-hmm. college players and, and how they play the golf course and how they think about things. Um, is very interesting and, and it's helpful actually to us and to see, you know, because a lot of those players are longer than the average tour player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they hit it in different places than we see on tour. You know, you've got guys like uh, Bryson and, and DJ and a few others that bomb it every time, but there's, there's a lot of those college players that just swing out of their shoes. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they connect, it, it, it's just amazing how far, but the dispersion is you know, obviously a lot greater because you can't play golf that way. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're excited about the field. It's going to be a different year. I'm going to be wearing a mask and uh, <laughs> staying away from people and trying to, uh, you know, to, to host it the best that we can. Well, last yeah. week was really kind of, uh, it was great to see, like you said, DJ put four good rounds together, but to finish minus 30, we haven't seen that very often. Um, we saw, you know, at uh, Hilton Head, Cal was alluding to this a little earlier in terms of just Hilton Head, how that was played at a different time of year than it usually was. And I think that kind of, cause the course to play a little bit different than usual in terms of its its defenses or whatnot. But it sounds like with yep. East Lake, you might have some rain to deal with, but overall it's going to play a lot like it has in the past. It will. It will. You're right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point. I mean, you, you take it, uh, you know, a, a golf course two hours down the road, how much different that's going to play in November versus plays in, mm-hmm. in April. Um, 
It's going to be very interesting to see uh, what comes out of that because it's, you know, it, it, it could be, you know, that time of year, uh, you know, it, I mean, you know, the, the original scheduled time and date, uh, you know, we could get some kind of crappy weather, right? It can be chilly. We can get a lot of rain. Uh, you know, that's not uncommon, but, you know, November is going to be a really different. So, yeah, I mean, I think good thing for, uh, for you guys and in, in at Eastlake is, you know, you're not having to really deal with abnormal weather conditions you know it's no. close enough to kind of what you get so you know you know what you're getting into as far yeah. as you know getting it to your point right getting the course right you know what the specs are you, you know you you've been through the routine so uh so fortunate for you that that uh, that that worked out in, in that yeah. sense so yeah 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 it'll be interesting to see i mean weather plays such a huge part and most people don't realize that and so you know if if uh, if we get a good if we get a wetter than you know normal fall when Augusta National is trying to grow in ryegrass, you know it's it's going to be yeah. going to be difficult. Um, even with all the resources they have, Mother Nature is going to win. So um, I, we hope that, that that doesn't happen, and, and I'm sure everything will be great. I look forward to watching it. And I miss having it. So, um, but yeah, it's it's we are fortunate to, to be very close to our original date. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, so one thing about the course, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier, and I'm sure you get this a lot, but uh, you know, for people that don't know, so so originally the course was set up, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I recall, the course was originally designed and set up the way that it plays now, uh, meaning that number one, it's the first hole on the left, right, and, and going over the pond, that was the original number one, and then over time, it, the, the, the nines were reversed, so you started on the right side by the clock. And there was a decision made to reverse as well. So, and, and the, I think the biggest caveat there, again, for me, uh, you know, the, from an amateur's eye is, you know, today you finish on a par five versus uh, before the move, you finished on the long par three. It probably tips out at, I don't know, 235, 240 ish. Yep. Uh, so, you know, a hell of a, a hell of a par three to finish on. And then, you you know, and, and now, you know, you're finishing on a par five and it probably tips out at uh, what, 580 or 90. So uh, close to 600, I guess. So, what, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, I think that, um, well, if you look back to the history of the golf course, you know, for since we reopened in 95, the golf course played with, um, you know, finishing on the par three. And so yep. but prior to that. Um, dating all the way back to 1904, the original architect was Tom Bendelow and the golf course was routed completely different. Um, and, 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 and so, um, and it was changed in for the Ryder cup and by George Cobb in the sixties. And then Reese brought it kind of back to the original Donald Rawls scheme, um, back in the early nineties. So, you know, since we reopened as Eastlake golf club, it had always been played with 18 being a par three. Um, you know, and then as, as time wore on with the tour championship and with ratings and with uh, really dynamics of scoring, it was the, the main contributing factor. The front nine or the back nine now just plays easier and there's more volatility in scoring. So um, that was really the reason, you know, that we wanted to do that because it was going to be good for the excitement of the tournament. And we've seen that, um, you know, you have the 15th hole, the water the Island Green par three now is on the back nine. Yep. Um, versus on the front nine. So um, just the, the element of volatility is what everyone wants, including, you know, mainly television. They want that uh, dramatic uh, up and down. And then and the scores are just more volatile on the, on the backside, which is the main reason we did it. Um, you know, 18, um, you know, we actually, there's a tee that we don't usually play in the tournament, which is the very back tee. Um, and it, it really depends on the on the wind because, we want every player to be able to kind of get the same benefit of that downhill shoot. And so sure. depending on the wind, um, we can, we, we actually modified the second to back tee and made it about 20 yards deeper um, back in 2016. So the tour would have the ability to set it up. Um, you know, I called it the Johnson rule. They didn't publicly call it that. Um, you know, you wanted Zach Johnson and Dustin Johnson to kind of have the same uh, kind of shot in <laughs> Um, and if you tip it all the way out, there's many tour pros that will not be able to get over the hill and it would just be a much different hole for them. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it was an interesting process to go through. It's turned out to be great. Um, we actually changed the routing about two to three months before, and we surveyed, I think probably every player, but mainly every caddy, um, that mm -hmm. worked during that time because the players would talk to the caddies and the players may tell me one thing and the caddy something else and just to see if what, what 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 would be the downside if we wanted to do this permanently because i knew that if it worked on television then 
everyone would want to play it that way. And I didn't want to play the golf course two different ways. Have to mix it up. And yeah, yeah we didn't want that. So we tried to head that off of the pass. Um, you know, the only negative that I've heard is, is if you tee off on number one now, early, early in the morning, certain times of the year, you're hitting right into the, uh, to the sun coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, but outside of that, you know, there's really been no negatives and it's been great. Uh, we've had, it's, it's been great. It's helped our pace of play. It's helped a lot of things. So we're, mm-hmm. we're well pleased with the decision. That's great. Yeah. The few times I played it, uh, you know, again, I played it both ways and I, I did not enjoy finishing on that par three that, uh, you know, I've got to hit, uh, you know, hybrid, maybe five wood to get there. So if I, if I was having yeah. a crappy round, uh, it's definitely probably, yeah, I'm not getting any strokes back on that, which now, you know, if I'm having a decent round, you know, I can uh, potentially, I can score on 15 or at least not, or I'm sorry, on 18, but at least not lose strokes, you know? So yeah, uh, yeah I, I think it absolutely, uh, I think that's uh, that's a solid move. And again, it's uh, best of both worlds, right? I mean, you're uh, regular activity, uh, you know, it, it's, it, they like it and it, and it's good for TV. I mean, it's a great opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to make a move. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We, we spend a lot of time, you know, or have spent a lot of time, especially this year, um, with the way that the clubhouse and the areas surrounding 18 looks, you know, we, that's the finishing hole, the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. What can we do? to make it, you know, fitting of that. What we, what can we do to help with, you know, some things associated with the tournament? So, you know, we actually have done some things that uh, if you haven't been out there in a while, you would, you'll notice when, we, when the telecast is there, that looks a little different. And there's a plan in place to continue to, to kind of make that, you know, version of the, or that make that kind of silhouette of the clubhouse um, help frame the PGA Tour season. Mm, um, it's nice. an iconic building, building. And so we've done a lot of work on that that you'll probably notice in the telecast you'll notice we relocated you know a flagpole down there and so now when you're playing 18 there's a gigantic you know american flag that frames off of the side that it just it's really more fitting of uh of the in you know the environment we wanted to create yeah now, nice we thought we'd have five thousand fans around it <laughs> you know we'll have probably five people around it but yeah. um you know it'll it'll still that's the the vision that we're going for um, you know, that's the, it'll look, it'll continue to, to kind of morph into, um, you know, we'll never be able to replicate the tiger scene, but, um, you know, that, 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 that's just, that will always go down in the history of, of where that happened. And, um, you know, it's just been, we want to continue to make it better. Well, I, I don't know. He's got a chance this weekend. Um, <laughs> he does. Yeah, he I, does. I would, yeah, to, but it's uh, it's going to be tough to digitize fans on a golf course, you know, like they're doing in basketball. And I guess we could have cutouts, but I, I don't know. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, exactly. So yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. What well, yeah, anything else? I, so I got some questions I want to ask you but before we get into that. Anything else you want to share about uh, about the course or uh, about the tournament? I mean, feel free. No, oh, I think that what I would say is, you know, we, 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 we're going to miss having for, for, for those people that are listening, we're going to miss having fans there. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate, um, you know, everyone's loyalty over the years of having an event every single year. We've got great fans in Atlanta, you know, Atlanta sometimes gets knocked as, as being a, you know, not a great sports town, but you yeah. know, Atlanta's where that scene with tiger happened. And all, all those are most of them were, those were people from Atlanta mm-hmm. um, that, that embraced tiger and then kind of propelled him to, to victory down the fairway. Um, so that's the first thing I would say is that we're going to miss seeing you. We appreciate uh, the support that you've shown over the years. And, and there's ways that you can support us virtually that there'll be broadcast, um, you know, during the, during the telecast of ways that you can still support our charitable partners, because that's the real reason that we do the event. So mm-hmm. Um, and some of the, the beneficiaries of the, the money that we raise, I mean, this has been disproportionately impacted by COVID. And so raising money is, is more important this year than, than, than maybe any other year. So uh, those were the two things that I would say. And, you know, to our partners at the PGA Tour, um, we have really worked hard with them to create the environment um, that these kind of events can happen in. And we fully expect that as soon as it's safe to do so, um, that trajectory will continue and uh, it, it'll make the, the tour championship even gain more stature in, in the golf schedule and in the minds of the players. Yeah. Well, I mean, the East Lake Foundation, again, I'm, I'm pretty close to the neighborhood there. Uh, I mean, actually, uh, you know, after college, I lived just across the street from you uh, off of Glenwood Road. So mm-hmm. um, the, the East Lake Foundation, you know, it's fabulous in what it's done to the community and, you know, in giving back. And, you know, if you, if you look at, if you, 
if you were around 20 years ago, or maybe 25, and then you look at the neighborhood today, you know, it's definitely uh, lots of yeah. changes that, that, that's happened. So it, it's not just a golf course. I mean, it, it is a, uh, I would say, a community-centered, uh, I'll, I'll use the word foundation, right? But it, I mean, it is about, you know, bringing back and revitalizing mm-hmm. what was a not very, um, uh, not a fun community, and it's turned it into, uh, if that's a fair statement, uh, it's turned it into a place that people want to be. Yeah. And, 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 and it's good, good for everybody. So, yeah. yeah agree. Well, if I couldn't be any more stoked about the event, I am now that uh, you're making the changes to the way it finishes it up. And, uh, I'll tell you, you know, Cal and I were talking yesterday in terms of just this finish we're going towards with your, with your event being, you know, the last one and just the different, you know, people that are leading in the FedEx points or leading as the, mm-hmm. you know, official world number one, you see, you know, it was Rory and then Rom took it for a week and then JT took it and then Rom took it back. And then, you know, then DJ takes, it's just like, I don't know the last time we've seen this type of volatility in terms of these leaders. And it just makes it even more fun to watch as we go into the, the last week of the year. Yep. And I mean, that's, that's really what the tour envisioned when they created the FedEx cup playoffs, you know, now 13 years ago, I guess, um, you know, that's, that's what we want. And we want the, the, the playoffs to mean something we want, you know, but it's got to first mean something to the players. And now that it does, and you hear people talking about my goals for the year or to make it to East Lake or mm-hmm. make it to Atlanta. Um, and that's, that's what we in, was envisioned from the very beginning. And so, um, you know, it, it's, we're uniquely uh, kind of situated to host a 30 person event. I mean, with our facilities, the size of our range, where we are in terms of the infrastructure, it's just, a, it's a good fit. And then we have the charitable message on top of that. It's great. So it's, you know, we're excited. You can tell that every year that we've hosted it, it the, the, the pressure gets a little more and more because, um, you know, in terms of the players mm-hmm. and how they're preparing. Um, I was being interviewed for something else and I was talking about, you know, the, the Saturday night in 2018 before a Tiger won on that Sunday. He was the last person on, at, at, on the property. We had closed the, the clubhouse operation down and, you know, the, we were – basically sweeping up um, and, you know, look out on the putting green and he's down there with his caddy uh, putting these six and eight foot putts, you know, with maybe four or five inches of break on them, you know, mm-hmm. until basically the sunset. Wow. Um, and he knew that he was going to have to make those the following day to win. And he did. So, um, you know, we see guys like that grinding out, you know, to the very darkest hour. Um, it's pretty, pretty impressive. So we're excited about hosting it. And I agree that the, uh, the changes and in, in, in how the, the rankings are going is very exciting. You know, I was great. I mean, one of the most compelling things for us yesterday was um, watching uh, Louis Oosthuizen. Um, you know, he got in on the number. Yeah. He's been to Eastlake a lot and, you know, one of the nicest guys I've ever been around. You just want to see guys like that do well. Um, there's a couple other guys like Kevin Strillman that's in the field. Um, Webb Simpson, who's playing great this year. I mean, they're nice guys. They're great guys. And both Kevin and, and Webb played in, in Stuart and I's event in Florence before so i've gotten to be around them and they're just you, you like to see folks like that do well um you know and then you got the, all of you got three i think three out of the uga program that are in the field kisner and uh brendan todd and uh uh harris english who you know harris yep. lost his he lost his card last year or he lost status yep. again sure yep and shoot he's playing lights out and he'll be there he's like number 12th or 13th on the list oh yeah so, I mean, there's yeah, a lot of good I, I think all three of those guys, uh, you know, there are a couple of them. I think they're going to be there, but uh, well, all three. And I think they've got a chance to, uh, you know, to, to, to win the tournament. I mean, what Kisner won it uh, two years ago, I guess, when Rory won the, uh, the two years ago, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin hasn't, he hasn't won it, the, the tour championship. He's, he's been there many times, but he hasn't, uh, he hasn't won the event, but he's, I don't know how many years in a row he's been there. It's been a few. Yeah. And Harris, you know, he when it, his, when he first came on tour, he, I think he made it a couple times too. So, be good to have those guys back, you know, and, and have some hometown boys in the field. Well, it, yeah. de- it definitely is meaning a lot to these guys these days. And you're doing even all these great guys are going to be there, and you know, Streelman and Kisner and all these guys. And you know, we saw DJ who just won last week say early in the year, I think it might have been before or d- right right around the before or during that break, right on that March time frame. He said he wanted to skip the Olympics because he wanted to focus on the FedEx Cup. You know, and it's just showing how much this means to these guys. Oh, yeah. Then we saw during the TaylorMade event. Rory kind of talked a little smack early on about how he had won two. Don't forget, guys, I've won two of these things, you know, and it's yeah. getting to be that that it's getting to be more competitive, like you're saying. Absolutely. It's great. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't played any of the courses that they've played. I played Hilton Head, but outside of that, I haven't played any of the courses that they've played since the um, uh, since the comeback. If you were to relate East Lake to any of the courses that they've played, sorry, I don't mean to put you on the spot. We can <laughs> we can move on, but if you had to, I mean, I would say, like, I mean, for me personally, like, I would say, and I haven't played Augusta National, but I would say East Lake and Augusta National are very similar. I don't know that they've seen anything. I mean, if I if I had to compare, I mean, I'd probably say like maybe a Harding Park would be the closest thing that you'd get to it. I, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that or? Well, I think it just depends on what you're, you're talking about in terms of similarities. I mean, weather plays such a huge part, like mm-hmm. Harding, Harding Park, for example. You know, the weather played, the way that the area is out there and the way the yeah. ball flies is so different than, than most true, places yeah. you go. Um, but, you know, I have not played Sedgefield, but uh, in which which the Wyndham was at mm-hmm. uh, last, uh, yeah, last two weeks ago or yep. last yep. week, yep. Um, or two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their greens are the same as ours, Bermuda Rough. That's going to be the closest um, okay. that, that they that, that that they've experienced, and a lot of guys played it because the the schedule was so concise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this about you know the way that we've seen people prepare. Um, you know these days, tour players. I mean, they are so dialed in. It, it doesn't really matter where they are, and they're going to be concerned about a couple things: weather, and they're going to be concerned about you know the type of grass on the greens and the type of grass in the fairways in terms of the balls rolling mm-hmm. and then how the rough's going to play mm-hmm. and they're going to practice they're going to think about it like that and so for instance a typical pattern in terms of warming up you said you know i have people ask me all the time like oh i'm sure you know these people stop by all the time for practice rounds and the answer is just, no they don't they get there um i think since i've been there i think we've had one player ask the play before tournament week in 19 years really and and it's just they just don't they play a lot of golf and so yeah. they'll get there they'll the first thing they do is to make sure their equipment's the way they want it so all the reps are there they get their set the way they want it they get dialed in they make any changes with their swing coach they play nine holes two days in a row and then they tee off yep, yep. um then now the caddies are out working on the greens you know and if there's any new areas they need to talk about they'll, they'll do that but right. it's a it's pretty much a plug and play uh, from what we've seen, and it's and it's really about the relationship the players have with their coaches and their trainers and their caddies, and they kind of stay in that little tight group. Um, and they, it's it doesn't really matter where they are, uh, but but weather does play a huge factor. Like San Francisco would be a huge huge thing mm-hmm. when they used to play. You know, when, you know, Florida swing in the wind. You can't really prepare for that, but you can practice in the wind. So right. they're they're more concerned about that kind of stuff, um, and then any kind of just abnormal you know, things like uh, a lot of them have not played Olympia fields. Um, Cause I think the last time the event was there 2003. was like 2003. Yeah. And so that'll be the, you'll see, I'm sure they'll see up in, in Chicago. And we've talked to those guys about what they were doing. You'll see more practice rounds, more work on the golf course there because they haven't been there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm going to shift gears on us for a second. So I was, uh, I was, I was doing a little homework on you. Oh boy. And, um, <laughs> well, hold on before we go there, before we go there, what's in the glass? I got, got to know that. It's, it's whatever that you dropped off at the game. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So that's, uh, so that's a blend that I do. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mellow granddad. Yeah. So that, that, that's a blend that I do. It's uh, mellow corn and, uh, old granddad 114. I hope you like it. Um, yeah, delicious. So, yeah, it's kind of my uh, my house uh, house blend that I keep in a decanter. I guess I just let the secret out so now everybody knows what it is. But everybody's like, damn, that's good, man. Where do I get it at? And I'm like, ah, you only get it here. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll have to change the blend up on them. So I uh, have to work on something else. But I want to get into uh, Parker's Pickles. Yes. What did give, give me the story? I mean, we've got uh, a certified barbecue judge. I love barbecue. I have no idea how you do that and what that what what is that? I mean, so one, you went to MSU. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a, we got your Alabama. So I mean, it, it's it kind of speaks for itself. But uh, but to take it to that level, you won the uh, would you win the George Atlanta Barbecue Festival uh, first place with ribs. So mm-hmm. uh, let, let yeah, let, get, give me the story. Give us a story. Uh, well, I'll start with Parker's Pickles. Um, my dad was the youngest of 10 kids, grew up on a farm. And, uh, you know, growing up, he always had a garden in my uh, in, in the house that I grew up in, still does, um, still has a garden. And he always, you know, growing up on a farm, you didn't throw anything away. Um, so if you, you know, had extra whatever, you would can it or, you know, 
put up would be the country term. <laughs> um, and so as long as I can remember back, he always made pickles and, um, you know, and they were delicious and he did tomato juice and salsa and, and all kinds of other things just out of his garden. Um, and, you know, kind of later in life, feeling a little nostalgic, I was like, you know, I don't have room for a garden, but I sure would like to learn to make these pickles. Mm. Um, and I started doing that. And, um, you know, there for a while, I thought that I was going to try to do some, some sort of business with it. But I just quickly realized that, it, I mean, we actually went to, to UGA, took a class on, you know, starting a food uh, business in Georgia. And there's all these regulations and stuff. And sure. I was like, listen. This is something that's fun for me. I don't want to make it something that's not fun. Don't don't turn it into work, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I got enough work to do. So, <laughs> um, so I just I just do it in, in the house and I give them away. Um, you know, mainly. Um, actually, yesterday, um, I I went on a search for dill. Uh, the the cow farmers market was out. It's been out the last three weeks. So I actually went to the Buford Highway Farmers Market, and if you haven't been there, it's quite an experience. Oh, I've, I've, um, I've been, I've been to both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Buford had dill and had plenty of pickling cubes. So as soon as I'm done here, and after I cook dinner, I'll be making pickles tonight. <laughs> okay. Um, and so uh, Parker's pickles, you know, is uh, is a passion of ours, and, I'm, and I've got people texting me and asking me suddenly, um, "Hey, when can I get a jar? You know, I need, I need a fix." Blah blah blah. And I'm out myself, so it's time to make some. Uh, <laughs> So that's the story uh, with Parker's pickles, and um, it's just a, it's just a hobby. But mainly, it's just a tip of the hat to my family's uh, you know legacy of, of growing up on a farm, and it's a way for me just to remember that I'm only one generation away from a from you know my dad who you know grew up you know on a farm, worked the fields, got out, went to college, became a pharmacist. But that's one generation away from. From a, from a much different lifestyle. Sure. Um, and I just want to be, be able to remember that. Um, I've also been known to do okra every once in a while, too. Oh, cool. Um, so, anyway, it's, it's just a passion, and I love doing it. I, I like my okra, my pickled okra spicy, by the way. <laughs> my pickles and okra are spicy. Oh, uh, yeah, well, nice. I mean, I'm good, I was going to say, there's actually only one way to do it. So, you know, if you said, hey, let me have some pickles, and they weren't spicy, I'd be like, eh, I don't no, know if he knows what he, I don't know if he's doing, yeah. <laughs> They're, they're spicy. I'll make I'll make some without spice for a, a few friends of mine that don't like spicy foods just in general, but I'd rather not do that. But I mean, they're just basic, you know, garlicky kind of pickle. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And um, in fact, you know, Stuart Sink had a um, he had a charity event up in at the River Club for about eight years. And he called me one day and he's like, hey, man, um, would you consider making pickles that we could put in the gift bags and i said well how many pickles are we talking Stuart?" you know and he's like oh, it's, you know 200 quarts um oh and you know, sometimes i've been known to procrastinate wait to the last minute and, um, i tell you what finding 200 quart jars uh mason jars you know like two nights before you need them mm. um is not easy but i went to i think yeah, how many 11, grocery how many grocery stores do you go to i went to 11 different publixes to get them <laughs> I'm sure their reports, you know, like whenever the manager got the reports, they're like, what in the heck is going on in Atlanta with the court jars? Uh, but uh, we made them. And then every year and then finally I just told him because it's usually right around this time. And I finally said, man, I can't. So last few years we've had the people come over and help, you know, like slice the I mean, because I'm making them everything from scratch. I'm not everything is hand sliced with the mandolin, you know, the garlic and everything is stuffed and sure. we're the brine and all that. It's a production. Um and uh, he, he decided it sounds to, like a party is what it sounds like. <laughs> what it, it is, um, you know, but it's, it's just it's been so much fun to uh, to do it. And, um, you know, like I said, I don't really want to do it as a business. I just right. I like doing it for a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. really cool. So barbecue. Uh, mm -hmm. So are you uh, are you an Alabama guy or are you a Georgia guy? In terms of um, what, what, what kind of sauce you using? Style? Well, it depends on what what meat. I mean, you know, uh, Stuart and I and Stuart swing coach, Mike Lipnick, who is at Sugarloaf, we have a competitive barbecue team called Q School, um, QUE School. You know, we're all golfers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. You know, you, know you, get the, you get the reference. There's no yep. Q School anymore, but obviously that's the reference. And so we cook in uh, Kansas City Barbecue Society competitions of KCBS, and that's you cook four categories. You cook pork butt, ribs, brisket, and chicken. Mm. Um, so we have, we have kind of sauces that we do for each. Um, but if you ask me my favorite sauce, I would say Alabama. And 
you know, while it's a little more in vogue nowadays to see an Alabama white barbecue sauce on a menu somewhere, yeah, that wasn't the case until very recently. Um, and the, the the county that I grew up in is just one county away from Bob Gibson's barbecue, where that white sauce. Well, the white sauce, yeah, made it. Bob made it famous. So that's where it started. And Chris Lilly, who now runs that enterprise, we're we're buddies with him. I would call Chris my barbecue sensei. <laughs> um, you know, whatever he says, I'm going to do. Um, but so, I mean, we, we cook, um, you know, my favorite thing to cook is chicken thighs and serve it with that uh, white Alabama barbecue sauce and it's some, some dill pickles on the top. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's really good, but you know, for competition is different. It's, uh, you have to try to figure out what the judges want. And I would tend to, to, to go more on the dry side on ribs and with a little bit of sweet, um, kind of a Memphis style, um, mm, yep. rub on a, um, kind of a Greek style, you know, rendezvous is kind of a Greek style seasoning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we've chased every possibility that you can imagine. And um, one year we did catch lightning in the bottle when we won the rib division of the Atlanta Barbecue Fest. That's so, awesome. Um, it was pretty cool. And Q, Q School still up and running? Q School is still up and running. We have not competed this year. The last time we competed was last August. Uh, we cooked, Stuart and I cooked, um, when he was injured last year, we, we, we cooked down, I think it was in Peachtree City. And it was like a combination barbecue festival and like bike kind of thing, like motocross, not motocross, but uh, anyway, it was wild atmosphere. But we went down and cooked in that. <laughs> and, um, we actually got finished fourth in chicken in that contest and we finished 11th in brisket. Um, and that was the only contest we did all year. Yeah. Nice. Um, but it, it was mainly about hanging out, you know, having a few beers. And and uh, we rented up at like a big you know, an RV and we slept in that. And um, but, yeah, we're still. I haven't done anything this year um, just because of COVID, but, yeah. um, you know, we've got, we will, we'll cook at the drop of a hat if, if we can. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, cooking golf, cooking golf. It's like, well, if we play golf early enough then we can just cook in the afternoon. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went up to, uh, for Stuart's birthday, a few of us went up to, um, his lake house and that's, that's exactly what we did. We get, we got up, and we had a brisket. We put it on his egg. We went and played golf, came back. It was time to do some more stuff on the brisket. We cooked ribs. We cooked chicken. We, I mean, it was like a perfect weekend. It was mm. really a lot of fun. Um, so it's like, how do I, how do I get to do team. that every weekend? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that, that's what, that's what my job needs to be. <laughs> that's what retirement should look like for yeah. sure. Right, you know? right. Um, and it will, and it will for, for me, I know. But, um, you know, one of the most fun things that we've done, um, with that, uh, that's that chicken thigh I told you about, um, a friend of mine, Adam Evans, who used to be the chef at Optimus and now he's moved on to oh. Birmingham. Um, Adam's from Muscle Shoals, which is near Florence. And we got to know each other later in life. And, you know, one night, probably over a few drinks, we started talking about, um, you know, cooking and, and, uh, I said, man, I love to cook. Can I, can I come up and watch you cook one night at the Optimus? And he's like, oh, sure. Come on down. And so, I mean, I worked the line at the Optimus. I, I, was <laughs> really? the, I was in between the two stations. I learned how all the tickets work. I was in the kitchen prepping and all that. Um, and out of that kind of came a friendship. And we created um, a, a chicken sandwich called the Underground Chicken Sandwich, um, which we've cooked. So it's a chicken thigh. It's Alabama white barbecue sauce, a potato roll, and my pickles. Mm. And we've, we've cooked that thing kind of, let's just call it a pop-up style. Um, you know, maybe eight or 10 or 20 times in, in the last few years. And we'll sometimes just show up and fire up the smoker, you know, cook 40 pounds of thighs until they're gone, they're gone. And then we just pick up and go. Um, but it's been a lot of fun doing that again, not, not trying to make any money, just, yeah. it's just something fun to do. Um, you know, I've cooked at some places that would surprise you. Um, you know, one of the most interesting places we cooked was at the starlight drive-in for, the Atlanta music festival or something. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I remember an actor named Robert Meacham. I think his name was, who was famous way back in the day. They were showing his movie and he came up to the, our pit drunk as hell demanding to be paid, you know, demanding the sandwich for free. And I was like, I'm not giving you a sandwich for free. I don't know who you are. Um, but, you know, it's five bucks. Just like everybody else, man. Uh, but yeah, we, we've had a lot of fun with that. That's nice, fun. Nice. That's very cool. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, hey, man, the things you learn about people that you would never, uh, you, you'd never coin it, right? I mean, it's like, well, yeah, but I don't know. It's like Alabama, 
Mississippi, you know, and at golf. I mean, it can, I can find some similarities in there. I can, I can see where it comes from. But, uh, yeah, definitely fun. And uh, let me know when you're doing that pop-up again. I want to get one of those chicken sandwiches for sure. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram. We, we, the, one, of the, one of the most fun things we did was we were supposed to do it again this year. We cooked for the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. Oh, and um, they had a Chris Hall, who is a chef at Local Three, and he's just a general badass guy in town. He did a barbecue event. And he asked us to come, and we did it. And uh, you know, it was so much fun because it was a kind of a, as I would call, a kind of a highfalutin crowd of winemakers and stuff. And I brought yep. one of our assistants actually from Eastlake to help me. And I was like, I said, I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen. Um, people are going to come over and look at what we're doing. We're going to have our t-shirts on and our sunglasses, and they're going to kind of you know, turn their nose up us. And then what's going to happen is a few people are going to taste this and then we're going to get busy. And then people are going to start <laughs> drinking wine and we're going to get really busy. Mm-hmm. I said, just watch it. And, I said, By the way, and this guy's, this guy's single. And I was like, just watch it. Cause there's going to be some people pulling on you by the end of the night. <laughs> uh, it totally happened exactly like that. We completely sold out of all the chicken. Wow. My favorite thing that happened, there was like a young woman that, Every time she came up to the booth, she would pretend like it was her first time. She was like, oh, well, what is it you have here? And I was like, we've already been over here six times. You know exactly what we have. You're welcome to have another one if you want. Don't <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't have to pretend. Like, just take it, right? Oh, it's yeah. hilarious. So we sold out of that. I mean, stuff like that, that's it's just so much fun to do. It's uh, And, you know, again, not trying to make any money. People were asking me, like, where, where's your restaurant? Where's, where's your – do you have stickers? Where's your merchandise? I was like, I don't have any of that. I mean – I did make some stickers because people asked for them. But, sure. Right. Um, so the next time we do something, we'll have stickers. I mean, you sent me a sticker for your, your mm-hmm. podcast. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I put those stickers all over our barbecue tubs of all the different things that we've done. So Very it's cool. just fun. I mean, I think it's really important in life to have outlets that, you know, are outside of your job, that, that your job can define you and it can really weigh you down. Absolutely. And if you, and if you allow that to happen, you can be really unhappy. Um, and so having outlets like this for for me and for our team you know it's just so far outside of our ordinary jobs it's, but it's sometimes there's there's crossover and so yeah. um that's really neat when that happens absolutely well chat so for the uh, the listeners out there uh, not to get too personal but what's your daily in terms of your grill what, what do you use for your grill bike as your daily um so i have an egg at home and um and then we have a uh, for our rig, um, we use an 84 inch Lang smoker. Um, so it's on a 13 foot trailer and we keep it behind the clubhouse at East Lake. So if you oh, next nice. time you, you're out there and you peek your head in the loading dock and it's sitting right there, um, the folks down at Lang, you know, put our logo on the, on the front. Um, they're great. They're down in, uh, your sea Island, you know, oh, a lot okay. of the sea Island mafia guys use them. <laughs> um, they've got some home style size ones, but the one we have is, you know, it's, it's, you know, my wife would never let me have it at home. I can promise you. <laughs> hey, I, I got yelled at the last time I was snooping around East Lake, peeking my head in uh, doors I shouldn't be. <laughs> let me know when you're coming, and I'll, and you, you know, hopefully we can fire it up the day you're there. But so yeah, we 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 cook on that lang. It's a it's a stick burner. It's certainly not um, sophisticated, but we wanted to learn on on that because it, it's a true craft. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think pretty soon I'll get one of those pellet fed mm-hmm. uh, deals. Yeah. Um, to have to have at the house. Yeah. The egg is, is really good, but it's um, it's limited in the cooking space. Mm-hmm. And so the, a lot of the those uh, pellet fed, like a Traegers and others, yep. the way that they're designed, you can you can do more on them than you can on an egg. So um, I'm probably going to end up doing something like that, um, you know, pretty soon. But I think it's important that um, whatever it is that you want to you know have um, that you actually will use it. It's what you should do. I mean, yeah. the egg is, is a commitment, and um, and sometimes that's fine. I mean, you you know, you have a six pack, and you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a six pack kind of day uh, just in the cook, and, yeah. that's, and then whatever happens after that happens after that. But, right. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoy doing on all on all things. Um, you know, one of the one of the best smokers um, that I've cooked on is actually a Weber Smoky Mountain. It's like a two hundred dollar smoker, two hundred fifty dollar smoker. You can get it at Ace. Mm-hmm. And that's what we gave. Uh, that's what we started on. And that's a great smoker. Cool. Um, it's a cabinet style, or a, you know, it's kind of a cabinet, not a cabinet, but a bullet style. Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's. I would highly recommend that for somebody just starting out. Very cool. A couple hundred bucks. Very cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I know Cal likes to do some grilling in his uh, his uh, off time as well. 
I, I, I do. I did. Uh, <laughs> I was an egg guy for a long time, and I've uh, I've parted ways with the egg, and I went to uh, I went to the old gas grill. But oh. uh, you know, I, yeah, okay. I, I I don't I don't do much smoking anymore. So I'm I'm more of you know it's kind of steaks and chickens and such. So you know it's more. I, I went from uh, you know being the spending several hours over the grill to you know hey if it's uh, you know an hour or so that's about all the time commitment I'm I'm into these days. Yeah. So you know. I, I've got a gas grill too. I mean, there's a, there's a, I mean, I cook steak last time on a gas grill. So there's a, yeah. definitely a time and place for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, absolutely. It's true. It's true. Uh, so where can they find you on Instagram? You mentioned, is it Q school? Uh, so the, I don't think Q school, we have a Twitter um, okay. account and I don't think that we, no, we don't have an Instagram for Q school. Gotcha. Um, we do for underground chicken. It's underground chicken, underground C H I X, I think, or something like that. Okay. Um, I have a problem with um, creating those accounts, and then sometimes we forget. It. Actually, our original <laughs> Underground Chicken account, the guy that created it, like lost the password. So there's two accounts, um, and Instagram won't close the one that we don't want. So yeah, we'll, we'll take a look uh, just for the listeners. If you want to find them, we'll take a look. We'll drop them in the feed so you can yeah. uh, you, you yeah. can find. Yeah, so I should have been better there. prepared, but it's uh, okay. no, 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 all good, man. It's, it's uh yeah it's it's fun and we we'll, we'll post on that on the underground chicken where we're going to show up if it's if it's something the public can can do but we cooked that thing at uh in all over the place pond city market Atlanta history center okay. oh nice some guy's birthday party um <laughs> you know it's 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 been I fun. thought you looked familiar <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me if anybody got sick <laughs> well, hey, they didn't get sick from the food I can promise you that yeah, okay exactly. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yeah, well, Chad, uh, man, we appreciate great chat, man. Yeah. Uh, loved having you on. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Can't wait to make it back out to East Lake. Uh, what a great place. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I didn't, I'm not going to make the cut for the top 30, so it won't be next week. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> next well, year. There's, there's always next year. You never know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I've enjoyed it. I know Dan has and our listeners will as well. So yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I don't have anything else to part with other than uh, thanks so much for coming on and thanks for taking, uh, taking some time to, yeah, uh, to sure. share with our listeners. Uh, great to get to know you virtually. Look forward to meeting you in person. Absolutely. Cheers, guys. Appreciate right. you having on. Thanks cheers. for the goodie bag, too. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. All right.